The Christmas Gospel comes from Luke chapter 2. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to, del- to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord appeared before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, fear not, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to all people. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing which has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. My soul proclaims your greatness, O God, and my spirit rejoices in you. Please be seated. It's a bit of a tradition on Christmas Eve at these worship services to tell a story. And I'd like to invite any of the kids who want to come up for the story to do that. I'll tell you right now, I don't have pictures in the book, so you don't have to come forward. But if you'd like to come and sit on the floor and hear the story, you're welcome to do that. Come on up, come on up. Yeah. It's always kind of fun to get a Christmas story, right? You might have to sit close to each other, but that I know you can do it. There's lots of carpet. There's floor. We're good to go. Well, one of my favorite parts of Christmas Eve is this part. It's the light part. When we turn off all the lights and we each either light a candle or we have a glow stick. I happen to have a glow stick right here, right? How much light do you get from this glow stick? Just a little bit. That's right. How much light do you get from a candle? A lot. A lot. Oh, all right. <laughs> that went a different direction than I was thinking. But yeah, I mean, a little more for sure. More than a glow stick, right? But still not like a ton. Not as much as we're getting out of these lights, right? Yeah. Well, Jesus was born before they had these kind of lights. There were, and there weren't glow sticks either, but there were candles and little tiny lamps for light that looked maybe a lot like this. These lamps would have had oil inside of them, an oil lamp, that's right, and a wick. How much light do you think you would get from this lamp? A lot. Yeah, I don't know. Do you think? I think a little. I think just a little bit. And so I started thinking about why light is such an important part of Christmas, and I thought maybe this story would be a good way to talk about a little bit of that. 
This story is called Isaiah's Light. Isaiah was five years old. Is anybody here five years old? All right. And the youngest person in his family. Sometimes he got tired of that. Being the youngest meant people were always asking him to do the things they didn't want to do. Isaiah did have one big job in his family, and that was lighting all the oil lamps when the sun went down. He felt like this wasn't very important, although people did notice when he forgot to do it. Lighting the oil lanterns every night took more time than you might think, and this is because Isaiah's family lived in a rather large house for a family of their size. They lived in Bethlehem, where Isaiah's family had been for generations. Every once in a while, Isaiah's dad would tell him stories about their family, which could trace its heritage all the way back to King David of Israel. We are of the house and lineage of David, his father would say, sweep his arm around the room as if they lived in a palace, which they most certainly did not. They had clothes to wear and enough to eat, but there had not been any kings in their family for a long time. Their house had been passed down from them from generation to generation. But now all that meant was this big house had to be taken care of and kept clean. It did also mean that sometimes to make a little extra money, Isaiah's parents would rent a room in their house to someone who was traveling. When Isaiah woke up in the morning, there was a stranger eating breakfast with them. He knew that maybe his parents would have a little more money for food that day. But for the past few weeks in Isaiah's house, there had been more than one or two guests. There were four, five, and sometimes six. When Isaiah went out to meet his friends for the day, he found the town of Bethlehem was full of people, people buying things in the marketplaces. People were staying at his friends' houses too, not just his house. Soon Isaiah and his sister had to move into their parents' room so even more people could stay with them. Ten, eleven, twelve strangers at the breakfast table in the mornings. What, thought Isaiah, is going on? One night before bed, he asked his dad about that. And his dad muttered something about the emperor and taxes and making sure everyone was counted so the emperor would get all the money he wanted to build some great big fortress or statue or something. And Isaiah's dad kissed him absentmindedly on the head and said goodnight. What are taxes, Isaiah thought? And who's the emperor? And why does the emperor want all these people in our house? But nobody answered those questions. Isaiah lay awake in bed for a long time that night, unable to sleep, listening to the snoring of 12 strangers in his house, wondering how long they would be there. And so he was awake when late that night, very, very late, there came a knock at the door. No one answered. A few moments went by, and then the knock came again. Isaiah knew his parents were super tired, and he wondered if maybe they hadn't heard it. So he snuck into the hallway. But when he did, he saw his father standing at the door, resting his head against it. He looked so tired and worried. He looked as though he would rather never open that door again. But he did. Isaiah watched as the light from a lantern illuminated the small space between the inside of the house and the dark night air. Standing in front of his father was a man who looked much like him, a man who also had a worried, tired face. Isaiah couldn't hear much of what they talked about, but he finally saw his dad shake his head. No, he said. No, we are full. 
but the man outside didn't leave. Instead, he stepped aside, and Isaiah watched as the face of a very young girl came into the light. She looked tired, too. She also looked worried. Isaiah also realized she looked like she was going to have a baby at any minute. Isaiah's father paused. He looked around the house, full of people sleeping on the floor, hardly even space for him to walk to the door. There was no room at all. He turned back to the couple, and he shook his head again. I'm very sorry, said Isaiah's dad, and he sounded very sorry. Isaiah saw the couple turn away, and then, wait, said Isaiah's father, and he threw the door open. I have an idea. He rushed outside and shut the door. A few minutes later, he came back into the house, picked his way across the floor, over the sleeping guests, and back to his room. Isaiah followed behind and slipped into his blankets, but something was bothering him. Where had they gone? The man and the woman. Was his dad angry at them? What would they do with their baby when it came? Where were they sleeping? Isaiah couldn't fall back to sleep for worrying about this. So he slipped out of his bed and crawled over to his father's side. Papa, said Isaiah. Go to sleep, Isaiah, said his father. But Papa, said Isaiah, the people at the door, where did they go? Isaiah's father turned to him. You saw them, he said. Well, said Isaiah, I thought maybe you hadn't heard them. Where did they go? I put them downstairs, said his father. Downstairs, thought Isaiah. The other thing you should know about Isaiah's house is that like many of the houses in his neighborhood, the people lived upstairs and the animals lived downstairs. This worked for everybody. The animals stayed warm and dry at night, and the heat from the animals kept the people warm during the day. Isaiah's father had sent people downstairs with the animals? Isaiah's father, even in the dark, could see the surprise on Isaiah's face. Isaiah, he said, do you remember what I have told you about our family? Yes, Isaiah rolled his eyes. We are descended from the house and family of David. That's right, said his father. Doesn't look like it to me, said Isaiah. What do you mean, asked his father. Well, come on, said Isaiah. It doesn't look very kingly around here to me, does it to you? There's people sleeping on our floor. There's hardly enough to eat. I don't think we have enough oil to light any of the lamps tomorrow. Are you sure we are related to kings? And if we are, what happened exactly? Isaiah's father smiled. Isaiah, he said, There is more than one way to be powerful. Let me tell you a story. Your mother and I were very happy when we knew you were going to be born. We were a little worried, but mostly happy, and we prayed that you would be safe and healthy, and we prayed about one other thing, about what to name you. One night, I was lighting the lamps in our house at night, and I remembered something that my dad used to tell me, a vision that God gave us a long time ago. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. On those who lived in a land of deep darkness, light has shined. That vision came from someone named Isaiah, a prophet, and we decided to name you after that prophet and give you the job of lighting all the lights. Isaiah, said his father, you know how to light a light, don't you? Well, said Isaiah, I guess a little one. 
Well, said Isaiah's father, a little bit of light is all anybody ever has. But when you share it with somebody, it turns out to be enough. Maybe you should take your light and go downstairs and see if you can help. So Isaiah picked up his lantern and crept through the strangers on the floor, down the stairs, and back into the animal's house. As he did, he heard something, a very loud baby, a baby who sounded as if that baby had just arrived in the world. With his small lantern, Isaiah could see the face of the baby's father and mother and how tired and happy they looked. He walked toward them and he held out his lamp. Isaiah said to them, We thought that you might like this. Thank you, said the baby's father. We would. How's your baby? said Isaiah. He seems fine, says the father. Would you like to see him? I would, said Isaiah. Although, I must say, I don't know anything about babies. That's okay, said the baby's mother with a smile. We don't really either yet. A few minutes later, Isaiah crept out of the animal's house. He had left his, la- his oil lantern behind with the little family. When he got outside, he thought it would be very dark, and so he walked carefully until he looked up in the sky, and he saw in the sky a star, a very bright one, that oddly enough looked as if it was right over his house. I must be very tired, he thought. He went upstairs and crawled back into bed. How is everyone downstairs, Isaiah, said his father. Fine, said Isaiah. Was the light enough? Asked his dad. I think maybe it was, said Isaiah. It was a light shining in the darkness. And the darkness shall not overcome it, said his father. And they both went to sleep. I hope that when we get to this part of the service, you remember Isaiah and his little bit of light. And you remember that you also have the job of being a little bit of light in the world. And when we are all a little bit of light together, it will be enough. We're going to stand and sing our song together, and you all can go back to your seats while we do.